Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A few years ago, I was teaching fifth grade math fractions. And fractions can be very dry. And I got this from my father. I see every opportunity, every subject as a chance to turn into something interesting. So I became a witch for a few days and the classroom became a cave. We had some spooky music playing and the students each had to create some kind of magic potion and then calculate the recipes. What if they would double it? What if they would half the recipe, etc. So it was turning the dry material into something fun and appealing. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story, what happened to them, how they got through, and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here 
in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey beautiful souls, I'm having one of those days where you just feel the flow and the joy and the love, all the things and just the gratitude. You know, I started this podcast a few months ago and I'm just overjoyed with the amazing humans that have stepped up and said, yes, I will share my story with you. Yes, I will share my story with the world. And every single one of them has had trauma that has affected them significantly in their lives. And every single one of them has been on a quest for understanding and self-acceptance for finding how to trust again in the world, for finding self-love in amongst all of the crazy, crazy, crazy that's in our heads and our emotions and our nervous systems for so many years and for explaining how they found this self-love and how they've practiced self-care and healing and forgiveness because forgiveness has been a part of every single one of these journeys. When somebody looking in might wonder, how was that even possible? And this has been a huge learning curve for me also because I've learned so much by hearing these stories, so much. And I hope that you have too because it's in the sharing of stories and experiences and ideas and information that we can all heal and we can all understand that we were never alone, that we always had many, many others walking right alongside us, sharing the journey. And so as we round out the year and have a little break, I wanted to bring you a really positive story this week. This week, I had a lovely chat with Surrey. Surrey's experience of growing up was so positive. Her parents encouraged many hours of creativity and play including art, drama, music, neighborhood friends, and a no TV household. Sari says herself that when you have parents who are amazing role models, who encourage you to be yourself and do what you're passionate about, you want to be around them, you want to spend time with them, and you want to make good choices because that's what's being modeled for you. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say a big Thank you, beautiful souls, so much for joining me each week for these stories. If you missed any at all, take some time over these holidays to catch up. And please share with others that could do with the connection that only these stories can bring. I would really appreciate your help in spreading the goodness of this podcast to as many people as possible. So the How My Parents Raised Me podcast will be taking a short break and we will be back mid-January. And I already have some wonderful and inspiring new stories lined up for you on our return. So please subscribe now so that you are notified when we're back. In the meantime, please find me on Instagram at mybigloveproject. I would really love to connect with you there. I'm wishing you all the joys of Christmas and the holiday season wherever you are in the world and whatever the next few weeks is bringing your way. I'm sending so much love and I'm hoping that this will be a positive time for you and that you can find 
a little inner peace and a little self-love in amongst all of the chaos. Please join me now for Sari's story. Hi, Sari. Welcome. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dawn. This is really fun for me as well. So, Sari, I believe you had really quite a positive experience with your parents growing up. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up and who was in your family. Yes, thank God. Very fond memories. I grew up in a suburb of New York City called Rockland County. I was the second of four kids, and I just loved always playing and dancing and getting lost in books and my own stories. So I have really positive memories, a lot of nostalgia when I think about childhood. Oh, that's beautiful. And was it the same for all, all the four kids in your family? Was it kind of like what you all did together? I would say we each had a slightly different flavor of the experience. We actually moved to a different neighborhood when I was about 11 years old. And I think my younger two siblings had a very different childhood because they didn't grow up in the same block that we did. We were on this little street that had no outlet and the kids would always shut off the street and play hockey, run in each other's backyards. There was a lot of healthy child freedom in my neighborhood growing up. That's so amazing, isn't it? Something that's missing, I think, a bit these days with kids being very protected and not being allowed to get out and do that sort of stuff as much. And it's kind of like the idyllic childhood, right? And there were also no screens. We also, we didn't grow up with a TV, which was a choice my parents made. We did have a VCR. Sometimes we would watch family movies, but I never felt pulled to distraction in that sort of way, which gave me a lot of freedom and time to play. Wow. So they made a conscious decision to have no television. Exactly. That's like some sort of weird dream now, isn't it? Where <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody is attached to their screen 24-7. I did actually take my kids on a holiday when they were little and I told them that the TV in the room was broken and they weren't going to be able to use it. So it was awesome. Like we got up and we went out and we did stuff early, walked along the beach and had so much fun. And they'd sort of look at it and go, so this TV? And I'm like, nope, sorry, it doesn't work. So it's such a good That's thing. That's so funny. Yeah, Meanwhile, right. we had the opposite experience. We'd be on vacation and say, what is this thing? So <laughs> vacation, vacation was a time to watch some TV at night. Oh, that's nice. So tell me a little bit about your mum. What was she like growing up? Yeah, so she, and she still is to this day, she's super youthful. I think one of her favorite quotes is, you're only young once, but you could be immature forever. And I just oh, have memories of, we'd be sitting at the dinner table and she would stick an ice cube down someone's back uh, she would put a tea bag on someone she was always playing practical jokes on us she would play hide and seek around the house we loved blackouts whenever there was a power outage and we lived in an area that often you know the power lines went down and it was just so much fun a chance to play and hide and seek and different things like that she would ride her bike ride her scooter she always seemed like a kid to me which was sometimes funny for you know kind of intriguing for my friends but there was something also magnetic and attractive about that. And I would say that's the biggest attribute that I've gotten from her is my playfulness and love for fun and staying youthful. Well, that's so beautiful. So did she get that from her parents, do you think? I don't know where she got it from. It might have been almost a reaction to her upbringing. I think, you know, she had more of a serious 
upbringing. Well, now that I think about it, my grandmother has that practical joke side as well. And both my parents also believe in doing what you love professionally. They kind of each made up their own jobs. My father taught Jewish studies to business executives on his own time. You know, he would travel into the city and meet with high corporate people and give them some meaning to their lives. And my mother was, and still is, she's a nurse midwife and she built up her own practice and she does yoga and breathworks and dance. So they both have a lot of interests and curiosity for the world. Well, that sounds awesome. So they have been encouraging of all their kids to do a similar sort of thing, to get out and just find what they're passionate about. Exactly. In fact, we all took some sort of lessons. Sometimes it took a few different categories of lessons to till we finally found what we loved. I started out in ballet. It was not for me. I ended up taking tap dance and then I discovered art on my own. My brother was very into basketball and martial arts. My sister played musical instruments. My other sister became a chef. We all really followed our creative passions. Sounds amazing because a lot of parents are, it's very much the opposite to that, right? It's very much, you've got to get a serious job and you've got to study in in reality. You know, if you can find something you're passionate about and that you can do every day, how amazing to have in your life. What a great gift that they gave you there. I think there's a bumper sticker somewhere in my house, not on the car, but (laughs) stuck somewhere that says, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, I love that. And so what about your dad? What was he like when you were growing up? So it's interesting. He sometimes seems opposite, you know, to my mother. He's reserved, quiet, thoughtful, very intellectual. He appreciates reading academic papers and books. But there's that really sharp, creative punch that he has. And something that I've learned from him is you should never do anything standard. Always see if there's a way that you can stand out get people's attention. So for example, my younger brother, when he was applying to different elementary schools in the area, my parents wanted to send him to a specific one that had so many applicants, but so few spots. And my father started sending letters to the principal, each one in a different language that, (laughs) so you would see like, you know, Portuguese, and then all of a sudden it would have my brother's name. Portuguese, my brother's name. So the principal got tens of these letters. And in the end, he called and accepted my brother. It was, I learned from my father to be persistent and to be creative in your quiet, unassuming way. And you can really move mountains. Oh, that's amazing. Did he speak all those languages or did he just figure out how no. to write the letters? He, I remember going with him on maybe a Sunday afternoon. We went to different local places in the area so we went to our local dry cleaner and the woman there spoke korean and she was very happy to help my father who was you know a devoted customer so she would she translated the letter that he wrote and then he we had a neighbor who spoke portuguese so my father went to each person one by one this was pre-google translate so he really put a lot of time and effort in that wow that's amazing that is very unique isn't it what a it what is. an amazing yeah what an amazing thing to do so it sounds as if you communicated with your parents through having fun and that's that's such a gift isn't it to have in a family because i feel like a lot of families they just don't have that element of fun and or they might have it in pockets but 
there's a lot of stresses in there. So I feel like it must be such a gift to grow up in a family where there's a lot of fun and people are just joking and enjoying themselves. Yes, I would say it, it proved very important. We always had board games we would play for hours. And then we did have some, you know, as every family has their stresses and challenges, we definitely had some. Growing up, my, young, my older sister was very ill at some point, which was stressful for the family, of course. So I found play and imagination and humor to be my personal coping mechanism. But each person in our family had their own way of handling that and whatever challenges that we face. Okay. So if you did need disciplining, what were your parents like in that regard? I think I, it's funny. I don't remember being disciplined very often. We had maybe rules and I'm, I'm a very big rule follower. So for me, I just kind of followed the rules. I remember my father, I was maybe two or three years old and I ran into the street and my father took my hands put his index finger on my hand and said, we do not run in the street. And I burst out crying because I just had never been scolded in such a way. I think my parents had high expectations of us. I personally, let's say, didn't struggle with following rules, but my younger siblings needed a little bit more guidance. They did a little bit more limit testing. But I think there's that thing where when you get along with people, anybody, but if it's your parents and you're in a relationship where you're enjoying each other's company and it's fun and there's good things, then you want to go along with that as well as a kid, don't you? If you want to do the right thing because, because you love them and it's, everything's good. hundred percent. I feel like it gets complicated when we parent, whereas really all we have to do is have great communication have fun, just really enjoy our time together. And I feel like people are on board more than when, when things come up, they might make the right choices rather than the wrong choices. Yes. In fact, I am a teacher and when people ask me how I can discipline or what my techniques are, I really don't use, I don't need to discipline my students because I'm so committed to building a positive environment where the students feel motivated and accepted and loved that there really isn't much need to discipline. There are no punishments. It doesn't need to happen if the kids are having fun and feel safe and accepted and encouraged. Yes, I love that. Actually, you could bottle that and I think you could sell that to a lot of people because (laughs) I think that kind of passes by a lot of people as parents or teachers. The teachers that I remember as a kid, they were exactly those people, the ones that inspired you. You went to school and you just wanted to hang out with them really. And you Mm. you wanted to please them. You wanted to see a smile on their face when you did something. and, And that's just the essence of doing it right, I think. Great. Yeah, thank you. I agree. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, so when you got to a teenager, were you doing creative drama? Did you have activities that you were still doing as a teen? Yes, I did have, I actually commuted about an hour and 15 minutes to school every day. So I didn't have so much time to do things outside of school, but I did a lot. I did participate in a lot of school extracurricular activities. So I was in the comedy skits they would put on. I did dance and I was always doodling on the margins of my notes, which I still, I allow students to do because if it helps you and doesn't distract you, then go ahead. Yeah. Is this something that you're teaching drama? I'm not. It's a, I teach general subjects, but I use drama in my teaching. Okay. I, I find it a, a great engagement strategy. So how does that work? What do you actually do with the students? So for example, a few years ago, I was teaching fifth grade math fractions and fractions can be very dry. And I got this from my father. I see every opportunity, every subject as a chance to turn into something interesting. So I became a witch for a few days and the classroom became a cave. We had some spooky music playing, some decor in the room, and the students each had to create some kind of magic potion and then calculate the recipes, what if they would double it, what if they would half the recipe, etc. So it was turning the dry material into something fun and appealing. Oh, that sounds awesome. I would have loved that as if I you'd be my teacher. <laughs> Because I didn't love maths very much, but it would have made it much more fun. So how did you get along with your parents as you were going through the teen years? Because even when you're a rule follower, I think when you become a teenager, things just change a bit, don't they? The relationships change and you want to be your own self. Did that, was that still a positive? How did that go? It's interesting because I remember in high school, a certain teacher said, I'm always here, I'm available. If you ever struggle with things, and let's say specifically you struggle with your relationship with your parents, I'm here and available to talk. And I remember thinking, why would someone have that? And most of my peers were going through that. I think I was a late bloomer in that way. Maybe towards the end of my adolescent years, I felt a little bit the need to be independent and to resist, which is, as you said, a normal and healthy part of growing up. It just hit me a little bit later. Okay. So with your, you could have a, a toddler now don't you I do you might hear him crying in the background (laughs) so how are you bringing imagination into his life now are you continuing on that tradition yes but the amazing thing is I don't really I kind of just watch him develop his imagination he loves to put on my shoes or my husband's shoes and walk around and pretend to be us but I often I, I will admit that I often get down on all fours and pant like a dog and chase him and he loves that. I can imagine. <laughs> That's so cute. So you've had a pretty positive experience growing up. What do you think was the most difficult part of growing up for you? I would say the most difficult part is something I still face today, which is realizing that we can't be a kid forever. Yes, you can play and be youthful, but you do have to do adult things like taxes and talk on the phone with bureaucracies and things like that. So that technical aspects of life are something that I still feel like I haven't grown into yet, which is why I'm grateful to have people in my life who actually enjoy those kinds of tasks and challenges. Oh, okay. So 
I like to talk about the family treasure box and about all the things that we take out of it for our kids. What do you think are the most important things then to give our kids? Obviously, it's a sense of communication and connection and using imagination. And I think tied into that is a healthy sense of identity, courage and confidence to be you, whoever you are. I love that. And that's obviously that's come from your dad quite strongly as well with how individual he is and how strong he is. It's amazing how we pick up so much from our parents from what they do rather than what they actually say to us, modeling those things for us throughout their lives. And we're watching them and sort of take that on ourselves, I think, don't we? For sure. I know that you've created a very cool new business, which is based on your love of pretend and tell us a little bit about that i i realized that something unique about me is that i love to become characters to 100 percent become a different person whenever my sister my younger sister traveled and she traveled a lot i would often greet her at the airport on the way home as somebody else and each time i caught her by surprise looking totally different. So based on that, this summer, I just launched the Academy of Pretend. And the idea is to use imagination, play and pretend to help kids develop important character traits and skills such as courage, happiness. Oh, that's, it's so good. And the Academy of Pretend, just the name of it, I love. I just think, how come nobody else thought of that before? I was so happy no one did. I Googled it. I kept refining my search just to make sure. I did actually, it wasn't my first try. I wanted to do maybe something like the Academy of Make-Believe, but right now I actually realized that the Academy of Pretend is perfect and I'm worked out. Absolutely perfect. So how do you come up with all your characters? Sometimes the character is inspired by seeing somebody in the real world and thinking, I could do that. Sometimes it's by finding a random prop or outfit and seeing what it invokes, what it reminds me of, what it inspires. When I meet people with cool accents, afterwards I'm often mimicking it in my head even without realizing it. So it's really noticing the little idiosyncrasies of people around and trying to become that. Absolutely. So do you feel like you're more comfortable when you're in character than you are as yourself? It's funny to admit, but absolutely. Yes. Mm. I, when I am in another character, I can do anything. I have no fear. Um, I have memories of when my mother and I, my mother loves traveling, by the way, it's one of her many loves. And we, she and I traveled to Switzerland together. And I didn't want to be associated. I didn't want to be known as an American tourist because frankly, we're embarrassing sometimes. So whenever we would travel different parts and we wanted our picture taken, this was pre, you know, selfie sticks. I would go up to people and speak in a made up language, giving them my camera. And they always understood it. And it was so much fun for me. And it's much less awkward than saying, hi, sorry to bother you. I'm wondering if maybe you could take a picture of us. Instead, I would say, and I would give them my camera and they always understood exactly what I was saying. And it was just, it turned it into a fun game. I love that. So I believe that we're going to be joined by one of your characters now. Can you tell us who we're going to meet? Sure. I will introduce you to my five-year-old self. I've never, well, I can't say I've never met her, but I don't remember her as much as I'm going to pretend I do. But 
I love watching young kids and seeing how they process the world, seeing how they communicate. So based on that, I would be happy to introduce you to five-year-old Sari, right over here. Hi. Bye. Oh, hi, Sari. How are you? I'm, 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 um, 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 I, 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 um, I went to the car today and I was in the car today. Oh, wow. What did you do in the car? I was, um, 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 did you, did you eat an apple? <laughs> oh, um, I went, I, I went to the car, but I was, um, looking, um, um, in, 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 in the windows to see all, all the different kinds of things in the world. Oh, wow. That sounds so much fun. Who was in the yeah. car? Oh, um, like a lot of people, but, um, also my special friend, it's a little, it's like a little, little dog, but only it's not, only it's not like a real dog, but for me, it's my friend that I, 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 I took my dog with me in my car on my lap. Your dog, did you say? Your doggy? Yeah, but it's not, it's not for for real, it's just for a toy, but for me, it's my friend. That's so cute. What's his name? Um, so I, I, I like to call it magical, fluffy, little dog friend. What a great name. I love that. Thank you. So what else did you do today? Um, I play with my very own um poly pocket dolls that i have many 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 wow big collection do you i have a lot i have more i have more than other people's will be having of the poly pocket dolls because i have a lot yeah can you do you like to share them with your family and friends oh um what i I sometimes do. Like I like to play with my sister. She's good to play it, but some people don't really know how to play it and they're just like um 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 they're like just setting setting it up and making it all clean and nice, but I just want to make the the little Polly Pockets have a good time. Oh, that's kind. What's your favorite food to eat? Do you like ice cream? Um, yes, I like anything that's made from the milk. So I like cheesecake and ice cream and and blintzes and pizza and that. That sounds awesome. Well, it's been very nice to meet you today. Thank, thank you. you. You're a nice lady. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love that. So are you really enjoying the Academy of Pretend now? I love it. I love yeah. it because it's a chance to share the magic with other kids and see how much it lights them up. So yeah. just this past week, I gave a back to school workshop for kids and I had three guest teachers. So the first two were guests who I had plans. I had their costumes. And then for the last one, I said to the kids, I have another guest here. I just don't know what the guest looks like. Do you guys have any ideas? And they started typing different details in the chat and they basically created a character who then came to life and it was really fun. Oh, that's fantastic. How much fun. This, 
amazing how we can do all of this online and connect with people and kids and it's just amazing now isn't it and especially in this time that we're in where we're not able to get out and about as much as we used to so how fantastic so how can people find you yes thank you the academy pretend is on facebook and instagram as just that at the academy of pretend and there you will find me and some of my character friends so fantastic so you are amazing thank you so much for sharing your positive beautiful story and everything that's happened with your life so far and it's been a lot of fun chatting to you thank you so much thank you i feel the same way don thank you it was so lovely chatting to sari today here are the takeaways number one have fun with your kids see the fun side of otherwise dull situations and use humor as much as you can number two encourage creativity in your kids we learn so much from being creative and through curiosity for the world. Number three, cut down on screen time. There was a whole other point in time where there were no screens at all and kids still had so much to do. Number four, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Number five, be persistent, be creative and stand out from the crowd. Number six, how you live your life, what you say and do will all be absorbed by your kids. So give them positive life lessons to remember. Number seven, create a family with a positive, fun environment with love and acceptance. And number eight, when you have a great relationship with your kids, they will want to be around you. They will want to spend time in your family home and they will be much more likely to make good choices. Thank you so much for being here. Please check the show notes for all the links related to this podcast, including book recommendations. If you have a story to share, questions about this episode, or want to connect in any way, I would love to chat. Please come and find me on Instagram at My Big Love Project. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Can you think of one person whose life might change a tiny bit in a positive way by hearing this episode? Please go ahead and share it with someone you know needs to hear it. These stories are so important. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thank you for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.